Hey, podcast listener. Are you working so hard you wonder if the money is even worth it? If you're like most CPAs I work with, you have way too much to do, you feel relentless deadline pressure, and worst of all, you feel torn between serving clients and being with family. What if I told you you could work a 40-hour week without losing a dime? I know it sounds impossible, but my Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind is designed for CPAs just like you who want to get their lives back. Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind is launching soon. In it, you'll learn how to start getting your time back week by week, make your workload manageable while still bringing in plenty of revenue, what to put in your packages and how to price them, and so much more. Don't leave your future to chance. CPA Mastermind will get you on the same profitable path you've been searching for. With unlimited coaching, your success is guaranteed. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to learn more. Dates, times, pricing, it's all there. In this episode, we're talking about time and money and how easy it is with these two topics to operate in a land of magical thinking. At a high level, it's time and money that are primary drivers in your business. And if we run things a bit too willy-nilly, we end up overworked and underpaid. So that's what I want you to be thinking about as you listen to this episode. At a high level, it's a conversation around, am I being honest with myself about time and about money? I dive down into a few examples to illustrate some points about how this stuff plays out. If you're driving or if you're doing dishes or gardening, don't worry too much about following along with the exact numbers. Just know that the numbers are there to illustrate a point. Come back to the high level, which is, am I being honest about time and money in my business. And make sure you listen through all the way to the end because I share with you the best resource ever, which is a Google spreadsheet of budget compared to actuals that I guarantee you is better than the one that you're using right now by leaps and bounds. And at the end of the episode, I tell you where you can grab that free PDF and the link to the Google spreadsheet. This one's a doozy. So here we go. Welcome to the She Thinks Big podcast, where you'll hear from women entrepreneurs who are doing good in the world, from spark to screw up to success. Thinking big is in their core. It's in yours and it's in mine. I've traveled to 50 countries and seven continents, done an Ironman, and co-founded a company that has generated millions of dollars for sustainability. My name is Geraldine Carter, and I'm delighted to share with you conversations and coaching with amazing women. Time to get inspired and grow your impact. All right, ladies, we're here to talk today about magical thinking and how magical thinking is running in your business and what problems that is creating, what that looks like, and how to get out of magical thinking and start operating in something that is more based in reality, more realistic, and is a healthy balance of time spent planning with time spent relying on the universe to show up for you. So what's the problem? Many of you are operating in this world of magical thinking and magical budgeting, magical planning, and magical time, and just trusting that the universe is going to take care of everything. It looks like working 45, 50, 60 hours a week and making two-thirds or even half of what you want to be making. And in order to compensate for the lower-than-hoped-for income, you're working more hours, which is leaving you overwhelmed, tired, and resenting your work. I like to use the visual of a pendulum because a lot of us get stuck in black and white thinking, but I think that black and white doesn't accurately capture it as well as a pendulum because with a pendulum, you appreciate that the least amount of energy is when the pendulum is hanging out still in the middle and that it requires the most amount of energy to hold the pendulum still in a certain position at one end or all the way at the other end. The farther you swing it out to one end, the more energy it takes to hold it in position, right? 
If you're just off center, it doesn't take too much energy to hold it off center. But if you want to swing it all the way out to the end, it takes a lot more energy. And a lot of you are stuck holding on to your view because you believe that if you were to let go of your point of view, it would mean that you would then hold the opposite point of view at the other end of the pendulum. So in this episode, I want to talk about how to take a different point of view for your business. And I want to give you three simple concepts that you can apply in how you think about running your business. And because these concepts have to do with time, money, math, and numbers, I'm going to use colorful metaphors to make the topic more relatable, more interesting, and hopefully light and fun. So I'm going to come back to the pendulum swing. And then three concepts for you today are how many peanut butter and jelly sandwiches do you need for a 15-mile day hike? Number two, assume a spherical cow. And number three, cooking with a pressure cooker. Okay, so let's start by going back to the pendulum swing. Some of you are at one end of this pendulum swing, and it sounds like trusting that the universe is going to show up for you. You say you want to make 60, 80, 100, 120, 200K in your business, and you're like, yeah, I'll just let the universe go to work and everything will be fine. Except what's happening is that that's not fine. And the universe doesn't have enough information to help you create that reality. So the income isn't coming in. You're working a lot harder than you want to be and wondering why it's just not adding up. Okay, so that's one of you at one end of the pendulum swing, right? Or one group of you is what I mean. The other group of you is at the other end of the pendulum swing, deep in the data, crunching numbers, setting up formulas for everything, getting into the minutia of exactly what to say, exactly what the right words, exactly what the pricing should be, exactly how long things take down to the minute. And you spend lots and lots of time doing research, studying, finding facts, and trying to turn everything into a formula in a spreadsheet that can be calculated. Those of you who operate like this, are necessary for keeping things running smoothly and well, right? You don't send a rocket to Mars by just hoping that the universe is going to take care of things, right? You send a rocket to Mars by getting really in deep to the details and making sure that all your calculations are accurate and that everything's been accounted for. Details matter when you're sending rockets to Mars. So it's important and beneficial to be able to think like this. The downfall is when you get sucked too far to the extreme and spend too much time in the details and you have diminishing returns of how much time you're spending trying to formulize, formularize, whatever the word is, life which is messy and just can't be put into a nice neat formula. And humans aren't robots. They're totally irrational and unpredictable. So as much as you spend time trying to predict what your clients might do and how they might behave, they're not going to behave and show up exactly like that. So they're diminishing returns of trying to get too granular and too accurate on how your business is going to play out. And for those of you who fall into this camp of trying to over-research, over-predict, over-formularize, whatever that word is, I'm just going to make it up, If someone were to suggest to you to let go a little bit, what, you just want me to leave it up to the universe? That doesn't work, (laughs) right? Which I totally appreciate. It doesn't work. So whether you're on one end of the pendulum swing or the other, the idea is to learn how to get closer to the middle where you're in balance with a useful amount of predicting and planning and a helpful amount of letting go and trusting that things are going to happen for you. Is there an exact right answer here? I don't think so, but I do think that allowing yourself to let go of your extreme position at one end of the spectrum or the other is going to bring you closer to the middle and make your life a lot easier. Okay, so let's jump into these metaphors because I think they're really fun. So the first one is you're going on a 15-mile day hike. And by any measure, that's a solid day hike. Say you've never done it before. The longest you've ever walked for or hiked for is just a couple miles. So you think to yourself, all right, going for a 15-mile day hike, need to pack a lunch. And you think to yourself, usually I eat one PBJ for lunch. How about two? That ought to do it. Okay, maybe I'll throw in a banana. So you set out, you hike the first half of the hike, you stop for lunch, you go through your first PBJ, and you're like, ah, that was yummy. I'm ready for the second. You have your second, you go, hmm, that was good. I could use a third. 
but there is no third. And you're like, well, well, guess I better carry on. And you leave your lunch spot a little bit hungry, but it's fine. No big deal. You'll make it. Keep on walking. You're trucking along. Mile 10, you notice that you're pretty hungry. Mile 12, you're like, yeah, yeah, I'm hungry. Mile 15, you get back to the car and you are ravenous. It's the kind of ravenous where you're fumbling for your keys and you can't find them fast enough and you're opening your car and you will eat anything that is in there. You don't care how long it's been in there, if it's under a seat or what. You are starving. And you think, that's really odd. The lunch that I had was twice as big as it usually is. I had two sandwiches for lunch. Seems like it should have been enough. Why am I so hungry? The reason you're so hungry is that you eyeballed it and you did a bit of magical thinking, right? So let's do the math behind this situation. Let's figure out how many calories you need for a 15 mile hike and how many you actually brought. Now for you nutrition nuts and for the triathletes in the group who pay attention to every calorie and everything is super precise, you're gonna have to like round up or round down on this one because we're gonna do some easy math so that you can follow along. So 15 miles, 100 calories a mile, that's 1500 calories. Not to mention the 600 calories that you would have had for lunch anyways. That's 2100 calories for that day or for that span of time. And for easy math, let's just round that down to 2,000. Okay, so that's one side of the equation is what you need for the hike. The other side of the equation is what to bring. Let's look at how many calories are in two peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. So again, we're totally rounding off here. Two slices of bread, that's 200 calories total. A tablespoon of peanut butter, because I measured with my sandwich this morning, is 100 calories. And a tablespoon of jam, let's call it 50. So that's one, two, three, 350 calories per sandwich. So let's easy math. We're going to round that up to 400. So 400 calories a sandwich and you need 2000. That's five sandwiches. So no wonder you're so hungry. You were three sandwiches short. It's okay, but you didn't do the math. Eyeballing it is not a great tactic. And when you do the math, you go, ah, turns out I needed five peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Now it all makes sense, right? The math doesn't lie. It reveals to you where your thinking falls short. So how is this playing out in your business? You say you have a certain income goal, but you're kind of eyeballing the income goal because what you're doing is saying, I want to make 100K. And when I ask you, is that 100K of income or is that 100K of profit? That answer is often fuzzy. And then when I ask, is that before tax or after tax? That answer is also fuzzy. We need to get clear about what your needs are based on your business expenses, based on your household expenses, and we need to reverse engineer the numbers from there to take into consideration your business expenses, any debt you might need to pay off, and before tax or after tax income. Now, on the other side of the equation, we need to figure out how are you gonna make those numbers in your business? How are you gonna piece that all together, right? Just like the peanut butter and jelly sandwich, you've got the slice of bread, you've got the peanut butter, you've got the jam, so you might have a few different income streams. You might see clients, maybe you have a membership site, maybe you have book sales, Maybe you have some other passive sort of income stream. Maybe some of your clients are on retainer and maybe some of them pay by the visit or maybe you have longer contracts. Whatever it is, we need to be clear about what your income streams are and how much each one of them brings in. And that side of the equation of what you're bringing in needs to balance with what you need. I know that seems really obvious when I say it, but in practice, it gets really fuzzy the way that you're actually doing it. Okay. Now you're thinking to yourself, but Geraldine, it's not that simple. There's business expense, there's household expense, there's different sources of debt, there's, I don't even know what my taxes are, how do I even figure that out? The tax bills have changed, I don't know what income bracket I'm in, what about my husband's income, right? That's the one side of it that's complex. And then on the other side of it, you're going, I don't even know how much this income stream brought in last year. 
I don't know how much some of my clients pay me. Some of them pay me this, some of them pay me that. This other income stream that I have over here that I haven't touched in a while, it's kind of idling along. I don't really know what it's doing. I haven't really looked. And you think to yourself, it's just way too complex. How am I ever gonna figure all that out? I haven't even started trying to figure it out and I'm already lost in the details. So this brings us to metaphor number two, assume a spherical cow. This was a joke that we had in engineering school. <laughs> and I took a lot of biological and environmental engineering, right? Because I went to school in upstate New York and there was a lot of farm activity and blah, blah, blah. And this is actually a real problem that we were tasked to solve. You have 100 cows in a barn and it's 20 degrees. You need to heat the barn. The barn occupies, you know, a certain amount of cubic space. How much heat do you need to put into the barn? Right? Good question. Important question. Because if you don't put enough heat into the barn in the wintertime, your cows are going to freeze. And if you put too much heat into the barn, you're going to overheat your cows and you're wasting energy and money. And really the answer to this is that we just shouldn't be having cows anymore because of climate change. But anyways, I digress. So how do you solve this problem? What you're trying to figure out is how much heat does a cow lose through its skin? Now, how do you figure out how much heat a cow loses through its skin? Well, this is a volume to surface area problem. Now, if you try to approximate how much heat it lost through its core, through its body, as well as through its legs and through its ears and through its tail, you would quickly get lost in the detail. So the joke is, assume a spherical cow. Assume that your cow is the shape of a sphere because then suddenly it makes it a lot easier to figure out the rate of heat transfer through the skin. If you're working with a cow that's the shape of a sphere, it's much easier than you're working with a cow that has four legs, two ears, and a tail. Is it a brute force approximation? Yes, of course. That's the joke. <laughs> Cows are not spherical and your business and your time and how long you meet with clients doesn't fit into a nice neat box. But nonetheless, if we aim to approximate, we can get much closer to the truth about what we know than if we don't do the exercise at all. So when you're trying to figure out your income from all your different sources, from the variety of clients, from the amount of time they see you, for whether they're on monthly membership or one-time visit or what have you, just remember, assume a spherical cow. You don't need to be exact. You need to approximate. Okay, now here you are trying to figure out how do I make all of this work? How do I map the number of clients that I have and all the work that it takes to the money and the time? And you're like, ah, and your brain just breaks, right? Turns out you can put a really simple formula behind this. And this is where we bring in the pressure cooker. If you never had a pressure cooker, let me describe the situation to you. It's the shape of a saucepan with pretty thick walls. You put your water in, you throw your potatoes in, you put the lid on, and then it has these handles with screw top that you screw down really tight. And then you put the thing on the stove and you turn the temperature up and the pressure goes up inside the pot. And the lid, of course, is screwed on so it doesn't fly off. You've turned the pressure way up and your food cooks a lot faster, right? So you can cook your potatoes in like five minutes instead of 45 in the oven. You know this intuitively, that when you turn the temperature up, the pressure goes up inside the pressure cooker. You have a feel for it. And it turns out there's an equation that runs behind it, right? PV equals T, pressure times volume is temperature. So with your pressure cooker, you keep the volume the same, right? The size of the pot doesn't change. If you turn up the temperature, then the pressure goes up. Now, how does this metaphor apply to your life and your business? You have a feel for how many clients you can see in a given week, in a given month. You have a feel for how much time they take. You have a feel for how much money that brings in. And it turns out that there's a nice, neat formula that you can put behind that. And if you use it, it will accurately predict how much time you have, what you need to be charging if you want to make a certain amount of money. 
and you can reverse the equation and work it backwards. If you want to make a certain amount of money and you only want to work a certain amount of time, how much money do you need to be charging? And when I do this with my clients, this is where they go, oh, no wonder I'm having such a hard time. It's because the math doesn't add up. And if I want to keep my rates the same, then the only way to do that is to work 61 and a half hours a week, but I don't want to work 61 and a half hours a week. Therefore, if I want to make X amount of money, I need to raise my rates. It's the only way to do it, right? Because you can't invent more time and nobody wants to work 61 and a half hours a week. My personal preference for you is that you work less than 35. And when we come at it from this idea that just like the pressure cooker, there's an equation behind it. Just like your business, there's an equation behind it. If we put in all the inputs, the numbers aren't going to lie to us about what you need to be doing. No doubt, this is a mentally mind-bending exercise. You cannot figure this out while you have other things tugging at your attention. Really getting to a point of clarity on what your numbers need to be takes a sizable chunk of quiet time. Now, I'm going to walk you through a simple example just to show you how to think about it. I'm going to be using some really rough numbers based on the people I work with and kind of averaging out the work that they do. So the first thing that you need to figure out is how much time you have available because that's capped at 2,000 hours a year, assuming 40 hours a week at 50 weeks a year, right? Assume a spherical cow. We're just rough estimates here. Now we need to figure out how much time you need for seeing clients. This is like the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. What goes into it? You might have your kickoff session that might be three hours or maybe it's 90 minutes. And then you might have ongoing meetings. Let's pretend like you have two meetings a month for an hour. That's 24 hours a year. Just so you know, I did some math and an example laid out in front of me. So I'm not doing all this in my head. So say you have two meetings a month for an hour. That's 24 hours a year. Now you have prep and you have work afterwards. Say you do 15 minutes of prep and then you do an hour and 45 minutes afterwards. That's two hours of preparing and work after per meeting. That's four hours a month. That's 48 hours a year. So per client, the 48 hours a year of before and after plus the meetings themselves is 72 hours a year. Now add up all the other ancillary activities that you do related to your business. Some of the stuff you do weekly, some of the stuff you do monthly, and some of the stuff you only do annually. This is where it gets to be a mind bender, right? Because you're using different units of time, weekly, monthly, annually. So there's a fair amount of conversion that needs to happen here so that you stay in the same units of measurement, right? Add up all the time that you're not working in your business. Conferences, time spent traveling to and from conferences, regular networking meetings, sales, prospecting, lead generation, all that stuff. Meeting with your CPA, meeting with your bookkeeper. There's a lot of ancillary stuff that it takes to run your business, right? Add all that up, put it in the same unit conversion as best you can. Assume a spherical cow, right? You don't need to get too precious about all the details, but say that adds up to like, a thousand hours a year, let's just pretend, right? For easy math. A thousand hours a year out of 2,000 hours a year also is the same as 20 hours a week. So if you wanna be working 20 hours a week, a thousand hours a year, and your clients take 72 hours per client per year, if you do that math, then you only have room for 13 clients. And if you wanna make 100K of straight up income, right? Which is not the same as taking home 100K, but if you wanna make 100K of straight up income, that's $7,700 per client. And like I was saying before, this is where you wake up and go, oh, no wonder I'm not making as much as I want to be. No wonder I'm working too hard in too many hours because the math doesn't add up. Now, just like the pressure cooker, you've got a couple inputs here that you can play with. 
you can play with your time. And what I love about this in terms of the wake up around how much time you have to see your clients is that you can't create more time, but you can get more of it back by delegating. And this is when my own clients go, oh, I can't do everything. It just doesn't fit because guess what? I can't charge $7,500 or $7,700 per client. They just won't go for it. The most I can charge is 5,000 per client, which means I need to see more clients, which means I need more time, which means ding, 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 ding. I need to delegate some of this stuff out. So I know I got kind of into it there in the equation part and it's hard to follow right through your ears. Most of us are visual learners and it's much easier to see it on paper. So I'm putting all of this on paper for you so that you can download it and work with it and you didn't have to track every last thing that I said. And all of these equations, if you're not an equation-y kind of person and your brain doesn't work that way, that you can just go get the PDF and walk yourself through this. And that's also why I was wanting to use some colorful metaphors so that when you recognize that you're caught in some kind of magical thinking because things aren't adding up and you're working too hard and not making as much money as you wanna be, that you're like, oh, right, two peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for a 15-mile hike just doesn't work. It's just not enough. And you don't have to get super precise about it. You can assume a spherical cow. And that just like that pressure cooker, just like PV equals T, there's an equation that you can use to figure out how much time you have, what your rates are, what you're making, what your profit is, and what you're actually taking home. You can figure it out. Now, I have another thing to share with you that I think will really help you if you don't already have some kind of working budget for your business. I have an Excel spreadsheet that I made that I've pieced together over the years of figuring out what I need to know and excluding what I don't need to know for my own business. At the top, it has your income streams and underneath it has your expense categories. You can use this to estimate what your income is going to be for the year. And then right next to it, which I love because I have not found a way to make this happen in QuickBooks or any of the other bookkeeping tools, is that side by side, you have columns for what you actually brought in and what you actually spent with a running total so that you can keep track of your income and see how you're doing. Are you on target? You can keep track of your expenses and look at month by month. Am I on target? Am I coming in a little bit over, a little bit under? And budgeting is a science and an art. In all the years that I've done budgeting, I have never come in within probably even 5% of what I set out to do. That's just not how it works. Your budget is a living, breathing document that you use as a guide to help you make decisions. It helps you see what's working and what's not working. If a certain thing is selling really well, awesome. Try and sell more of it. If a certain thing isn't selling very well, that's useful to know. Maybe you consider taking it off the shelf. It helps you see if you're spending too much in a certain category or if you want to buy something that was unanticipated, what choice do you want to make about that? Because your choices are it's a hit to your profit at the end of the day or maybe you choose not to buy something instead. But your budget is a living, breathing document that you use all year to help you make smarter choices. It's not something that you measure yourself against and try and get perfect. That's not the point. That's not what it's for. So I have this, I got to say, most awesome Google spreadsheet for you, and it's a template, and I will put a link to it in the show notes so you can go and create your own copy of it and make it your own. Now, if any of this spoke to you and you're like, I would love to do that and I can't even wrap my brain around any of that help and you want help from me, I would love to help you. I love doing this stuff. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I'm really good at it. And when you want to succumb to magical thinking and try and convince me that you're going to find a way to make it work when I can see clearly that no, 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 it's not going to work, that 
I won't let you get away with magical thinking. We'll find a different way to figure this out, which oftentimes means resolving some mindset traps, right? You're going to have resistance to the idea of saying no to certain things because you're going to want to convince me that you've got to keep it. And you're probably going to have resistance to the suggestion that you should charge more because you're scared about what people might say because you don't think you can, because you don't think the market will bear it. And you'll probably give me all these, I can't because kind of reasons that I, with loads of love, I'm going to push back on. Because what happens is we get caught in our usual thought patterns and ruts, and we're sometimes scared to get out of them. And I can help you get out of them. So if either of those resources is of interest to you, go to my website, shethinksbigpodcast.com forward slash 019 where you'll be able to get your hands on those resources. And if you want to work with me, click on the work with me tab where you can find out more or just send me an email, Geraldine at shethinksbigpodcast.com and we'll figure out how I can help you. Because ladies, I want you to have a rocking, awesome business where you bring home the income that supports the life you want to live. And I know you can do it. So remember, how many peanut butter and jelly sandwiches do you need for your 15 mile hike? Assume a spherical cow and just like your pressure cooker, your business has a formula that supports how it runs. All right, ladies, that's what I've got for you today. I would love to hear from you in the Facebook group. You can go to Facebook and search She Thinks Big, and I'll let you in. I would love to know what your takeaways are. All right, my friends, I'll be back next week with another awesome episode. In the queue, I have my interview with the astronaut Nicole Stott, a decision matrix, and my conversation with Hunter Clark Fields from the Mindful Mama podcast. So lots of good stuff coming. All right, ladies, have a great week. If you want to find out more about the She Thinks Big podcast or hear previous episodes, head on over to my website, shethinksbigpodcast.com. And of course, I want to know what you're thinking big about. I hope you'll share in the She Thinks Big Facebook group. I love hearing from listeners because here in my studio, all I hear is crickets and my meowing cats. Thanks so much for listening to the show this week. You can subscribe at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, please do leave me a raving five-star review. You can write to me at Geraldine at SheThinksBigPodcast.com. And if you want to send a tweet, I'm at Geraldine Carter. You've been listening to She Thinks Big. See you next week. Hi again. Would you rather spend your weekends outside playing or at your desk? In Down a 40 Hours CPA Mastermind, we put an end to overworking while maintaining revenue. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to learn more. Dates, times, pricing, it's all there.